Hello, and welcome to Doha Tan, Myanmar's only weekly podcast. I'm Oliver Slow. In January this year, violence erupted around the ancient city of Mrao'u in Rakhine State. At least seven people were killed and several others injured when police opened fire on an angry protest after local authorities cancelled an event held to commemorate the anniversary of the fall of the Arakan Kingdom. The incident added more tension to an already complex situation in Rakhine in the aftermath of the violence last year that sent more than 680,000 Rohingya fleeing to Bangladesh. Many people living in the villages around Mrao'u blame the Myanmar government for the rising tensions and for neglecting them in the aftermath of last year's violence. Here is the story. Myanmar's Rakhine state has appeared in international headlines for all the wrong reasons in recent months. Due to the exodus of almost 700,000 people, mainly Muslim Rohingya, fleeing into Bangladesh. But a deadly incident in the ancient town of Mrao'u in mid-January serves to highlight how other ethnic groups in the state have suffered hardships and oppression for several years. Mrao'u was the capital of the once mighty Arakan Empire until near the end of the 18th century when the kingdom was annexed by the Burmese Kombang dynasty. The town remains a great source of pride for many Rakhine people and the conquering of it a continued source of frustration and anger. In mid-January, at least seven people were killed and several others injured in Mrao'u when police opened fire on an angry protest. The demonstration had begun after local authorities cancelled an event planned to commemorate the anniversary of the fall of the Arakan Kingdom. The event's cancellation came a day after local politician U Aimong made an inflammatory speech in nearby Ratadang. Aimong is alleged to have made a call for greater sovereignty for the Rakhine people and discussed the need for an armed struggle. Those remarks are regarded as a reference to the Arakan army, an insurgent group that has launched several deadly attacks on the Myanmar army in recent years. Usain Jo, a local community leader, said that the event had been organised for several weeks and there had been much excitement around the town. When people arrived, they were angry. They said, why have they cancelled this event? We've been holding it for the past four years. The protesters marched around Rau and eventually made their way towards a local administrative office. After a confrontation, witnesses allege that police officers fired into the crowd, killing seven people. Visiting Mrao'u almost three months after the incident took place, it was clear that many people were angry and fearful about what had happened. We saw interviews with several people who had seen the incident at the administrative office, but all refused to speak, citing concerns for their safety. St. George said people were still angry. We are really sad and upset about what happened. Eventually, we were taken to a small house on the edge of Mrao'u, where we were introduced to a woman whose son was killed in the violence. We have chosen not to publicise her name in order to protect her identity. The lady said that in the evening, the owner of her son's business had come to the family home to try and find his whereabouts. Having heard the gunshots earlier in the day, she went with the man to the local hospital. After waiting in the crowd for some time, she said an employee from the hospital emerged to show the crowd images of those who had been killed. That's when I saw the photo of my son dead. He was the only one to earn money for this family. I can't think about anything else. As well as his impact on the mood of the people of Mrao'u, 
The January incident also affected local businesses, particularly those involved in tourism. Mara'u may not have the same reputation as Began, but it does attract a steady stream of visitors who are keen to explore the town's ancient and impressive sites. In November, the government announced that it would begin the process of seeking UNESCO World Heritage listing from Rau. Min Jong Kim, the head of UNESCO's Myanmar office, said that World Heritage listing would bring significant positive impacts to Rau. It certainly gets the place much more better known to some extent. But again, you know, just getting it listed is, you know, um, is not really uh, going to bring all this automatically. There still has to be efforts made by the government and you know, other partners to make sure that, you know, this, all this goes well. There are ethical questions about the application, however. Just a few miles from Rau town are villages hosting Rohingya. Most of those who have not been allowed to leave since violence flared across the state in 2012. Those we spoke to had no access to education and very limited healthcare services available to them. Kim said that part of the UNESCO application will be to showcase how diverse the Arakan Kingdom and also Mrau was. I mean, the monuments and the site itself, it was, you know, it's very much linked to Buddhism. But the history of Rakhine and the history of Mrau as the capital of the Rakhine Kingdom was actually quite a rich history, rich and diverse history, where there were actually a lot of, you know, um, different cultures, different religions that came through um, and, you know, helped to build that kingdom to some extent. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Doha Tan. This program was put together this week by Zani, Atet and Oliver Slow. Please stay tuned for next Wednesday's episode and visit the Doha Tan Facebook page. You can also enjoy our podcast via YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes and also the Frontier Myanmar website. The project to support human rights reporting is a partnership between Frontier Myanmar and Fondation Yorondel, funded by the Embassy of the Netherlands in Myanmar. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.